On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners, and I'll be talking about a range of topics, including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education, and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. Right. Hi there, everybody. We're going to talk about the upcoming election today. Not far away, just just over six weeks out, October 14th is the date and we're in late August obviously so not long to go. You're really starting to see the campaign heat up, uh, seeing those policy announcements come through thick and fast and I still think it's going to be a close race. You know the polls have moved around a little bit lately. Uh, There's a couple of polls a week or two back that really did point to quite a high likelihood of a change of government However, we've seen a couple since then which see things a lot closer and and I still think it's going to be close. If you add those three parties on the left together and then the three on the right, sorry, the two on the right, that's ACT and National. I'm not including New Zealand first. It's hard to know where they may or may not feature. But uh, the left block, the right block, it still looks pretty tight. And um, a lot of the polls in aggregate do come within the margin of error. There'll be more to come in terms of policy decisions, announcements. We'll have the debates, and um, I think those will be really interesting. Chris Hipkins has been around for a while, and I think he could actually perform better than some people think in those debates. It'll be new territory for Mr Luxon, so lots of interesting stuff to come up and I would not be counting my chickens. Um, uh, If you had to put money on it, you would probably say that a change is looking more likely than the status quo, but not by a wide margin, so it's still very much a watch this space. But anyway, not here to really talk about the, the who might get in or who might not. What I wanted to do was just talk you through what we've seen in history in terms of share market performances and other assets, bonds, interest rates, currencies. How do they typically perform after an election? And what, uh, which sort of outcome does the market tend to like? Would a national victory prompt a rally in share prices? I know a few people are suggesting that might be the case. So what can we learn from history? Uh, I did look back at the last... 10 elections and we have them every three years so that's 30 years worth that takes us back to the 1993 election Uh, and if you cast your mind back I was in sixth form so I wasn't paying huge attention to politics but Jim Bolger's National Party won a second term back then and it was also a notable election because there was a referendum on MMP. So the 93 election was actually the last one where we used the old first-past-the-post system. Uh, And as a country, we also voted in favour of MMP, uh, which meant that 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 voting format was implemented uh, after the 93 election. And by the time we got to the 96 election, 
uh, we were we were using the MMP system, which we still use today. So I guess that's a fair sample, you know, could have gone back further. But when you start sort of going back into the 1980s and, and into the 1970s, it's not necessarily going to be reflective of um, how things might go in the future. So look, I thought 10 elections, 30 years, it's as good a time frame as any to use. Uh, in those 30 years, you know, those 10 elections, we've seen five victories apiece for our two major parties. So Labor's won five, Nationals won five, so that's kind of pretty even. Uh, and if we look at the, the 90 days following either the election or in the two instances where it was unclear uh, who the winner would be, um, and obviously 2017 was one of those where Winston Peters held the balance of power and took a bit of time to decide how things would play out. And I think 96 was the other one where New Zealand First also um, took a bit of time to decide who they would go with. Uh, so in the 90 days, either following the election or that outcome, uh, the share market has pushed higher um, on six of those 10 occasions. So sort of a 60% hit rate that the share market will perform well in the wake of the election. And the average gain uh, has been has been 2.7%. So on average, uh, if you look back at those 30 years of elections, that is sort of what we've typically seen. Uh, six out of 10 times share market higher, average gain 2.7%. When national has won, so if we look at those five national victories, the average gain from the market has been stronger again. 4.6% in those uh, three months or 90 days. So the market does like a national victory, or at least it has historically. When Labor has emerged triumphant, uh, the average post-election rise in the following 90 days has been 0.9%. So it's still been a gain. We've seen a gain on average when Labor comes out on top, but uh, a more subdued one. You know, Typically, and at face value, it looks like the market is has been happier about a national victory, and and that makes a bit of sense. You know, national is generally considered to be a more business friendly party. Um, takes the 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 economic outlook into consideration a little more. That's the general thinking. You know, I'm sure some Labour Party people would disagree, but that is that is is generally, I think, the way people see those two major parties, National being a bit more business friendly and a bit more economically minded. I guess the obvious thing to point out is that there are lots of factors that will impact how the economy is looking, how the business environment is looking, just as much, if not more so, than what's happening in politics. You know, politics are an important factor uh, in you know setting the scene for how the economy will develop, how businesses will perform, and how share prices and share markets will perform because you know the share market is really just a reflection of the corporate earnings and economic environment um, and it's not just about what's happening in politics there are lots of other things going on at any given time and, and if we look back over those 10 elections the one that immediately comes to mind is the 2008 election uh, we we're in the thick of the the GFC at the time uh, the share market had already fallen 20% from its peak in 2007. So when we had that uh, had that election in November 2008, the market kept on falling uh, until it eventually found a bottom in March 2009. And that was obviously 
something that was was already going on. It wasn't necessarily related to who won or who lost. I think that probably would have been the case regardless of of what happened in terms of the election outcome. So that's a bit of an anomaly. Um, in, in a way, they're all anomalies, but that's one that stands out because of something you know quite significant that was happening in terms of the economic backdrop. If we exclude that from our analysis, um, because the market was already in a bit of a slump, then the average return in the 90 days following a National Party victory actually jumps to 5.8%. So if you exclude 08, uh, the stats are even stronger in favour of that positive reaction to a National Party victory. Having said that, uh, another period that stands out sort of uh, in the opposite way is 1993, and the share market rallied strongly after that election. And that period was a very good one uh, in terms of, you know, the the post-election rally under a national victory. So, you know, that one sort of also looks like a bit of an anomaly for the opposite reasons. And that's boosted those averages. So if we exclude that one as well, uh, then we're back at 3.3% for an average post-national rally. So, you know, you can really start fudging these numbers as much as you like. I'm just trying to point out that... Um, you know, there's no, it's not super clear. Um, we're just sort of doing this just to look back at history, but there's always other things going on. But that that's still quite an impressive average, isn't it? 3.3%. We exclude 2008, which obviously detracts from those numbers, That we, but then we also exclude 93, which adds to those numbers, and you've still got a pretty good uh, return post those national victories. Looking at moves in fixed income and the Kiwi dollar in the wake of past elections, you know, generally we've seen conservative assets rise in value and the currency find a bit of support. So out of those 10 elections, um, regardless of who's won, bonds have performed well, positive returns in the, in the following three months, seven out of 10 times, average gain of 1.4%. And eight out of 10 times we've seen the currency rise with an average gain of about uh, 1%. So, look, what, what can we learn from that? You know, it's hard to say, really. Maybe maybe financial markets have ascribed a little bit of additional risk to New Zealand as a nation in the lead-up to an election because we know markets don't like uncertainty and when we're not sure what the political backdrop will look like, that creates uncertainty. So maybe it's just nothing more than... Uh, markets being a little bit more comfortable with the New Zealand story when they sort of know how the cards have fallen and who will be in charge. And maybe that's why you see a bit of a decline in interest rates and a bit of a bump in the Kiwi dollar. Uh, maybe it's because incoming governments take a look at sort of the books and spending and so forth and take a slightly more prudent approach. Uh, who knows? But that's how the stats have landed. Again, 2008 is a big outlier there because at that time, you know, for the same reason that the share market was was falling, interest rates were also falling rapidly, you know, because you had that increasing risk aversion that was causing, you know, a flight to safety in terms of people buying bonds. So you had bonds performing very well uh, at that time and central banks around the world were cutting interest rates to try and shore things up. So interest rates were going down, bond prices were going up. And the currency was moving around a lot as well back in those days. It had slumped from 80 cents to 70 cents already and against the US dollar, that is. And it was headed for a low of about 49 cents. About six months later, um, after that uh, 
November 2008 election, it, it slumped to, to 49 cents, and that was as low as it got in that cycle. I remember that well, because that's when I went to the US uh, on holiday for a week, and at 49 cents, my Kiwi dollars didn't take me very far at all. It's quite an expensive holiday relative to what it would have been a couple of years earlier. Uh, that example aside, we can generally say that fixed income has typically performed quite solidly after elections. Um, the currency has generally found a bit of support too. If we exclude that two, 2008 example, the Kiwi dollar has on average gained about 3.5% following a national party victory and about 1.6% after a Labour victory. So it's found a bit of support either way. You know, Maybe we'll see that this time, maybe we won't. Um, the economic backdrop, the market backdrop, always different through any election period. This year, that's absolutely the case. Um, I think when you look back over those 30 years of elections, you can say that generally the market typically performs well in the aftermath of an election. I think that's that makes sort of sense to me. You've got this un period of uncertainty and nervousness in the lead up. We're absolutely seeing that at the moment. Consumers, businesses, investors, all just sitting on their hands, waiting, wondering, it's just an uncertain time. And when the election result is behind us, regardless of what it looks like, I think there will be a feeling of, oh, well, we've just got to get on with things, get back to business, you know, stop worrying about sort of what's happening uh, in, in the beehive in Wellington and just um, make the best of it, whoever whoever has ended up in charge. So I think it's, it's probably as normal that you do get that sort of burst of activity and... Um, post-election um, change of attitude. So I think that is potentially something you will see again. Uh, you might see you know, the market move on and refocus on what matters more, which is the economy and what companies are doing and corporate earnings. Um, typically, we've also seen a, a better market performance when National has won. So look, if you are, if, if you do believe that that's going to be the case, then maybe you will be a bit more upbeat about how you think uh, the market will perform post-October. Um, and that's fair as well. But I think one thing that's less ambiguous, you know, that's, that's, there's no question about is, um, the fact that whoever does end up in Parliament will inherit a fairly challenging backdrop. We've got a dairy sector that's under pressure. Our fiscal position is deteriorating, and we've got that um, pre-election um, fiscal update, I think, on the 12th of September, so it's in, in a couple of weeks' time. I can't see that looking pretty. I think that's going to look pretty ugly, to be honest. Uh, and we've also got an inflation problem that's proving pretty hard to get on top of. So I don't envy... Uh, whoever is in charge, whether it's a new regime or a slightly different regime or the status quo, um, whoever it is, they will have some challenges ahead. And while elections can impact investor sentiment, business confidence, share prices will ultimately be driven by the part of the economy and corporate earnings and things like interest rates. And we've definitely got some swings and roundabouts on that front. You know, the, the challenges are growing and there's probably probably more more things to be nervous about from an economic perspective than there is to be positive about right at the moment you know it's not all bad we've got migration that has rebounded strongly uh, we've got inflation that is starting to come down 
and we've at least seen or i believe we've seen you know interest rates rise as high as they'll go and i think from here the reserve bank will stand pat and at some point reduce the ocr and that could come sooner sooner than people expect you know reserve bank um forecasts suggest that we won't see any ocr cuts until 2025 but when you think about some of these headwinds that we're facing you know the economy could slow more quickly than expected unemployment could rise a little more than expected and a little bit earlier and those things do tend to deal with your inflation issues and create other challenges so it's entirely possible that uh, the OCR is falling uh, at some point next year and potentially a little bit sooner than some people might think and that will be supportive obviously for the economy for economic activity for confidence and for share prices so we've got to think about all of these pros and cons but in terms of takeaways from the election um, just sort of four or five bullet points to wrap up um, we're in that sort of business end of the the time frame six weeks out it will be close uh, so you know brace yourself for a you know down to the wire sort of result potentially I think it'll be closer than people think uh, typically we know that share markets do do well after elections no matter who gets in so I think you might see you might see a slightly sort of more stable market um, once we're able to put the election behind us because that uncertainty will lift and we will all be able to sort of get on with things and refocus if you do get a change of government that typically has been um, well the change of government that we'd be looking at this time at least uh, a national victory that has typically been a good thing for the market you know we'll we'll see whether that's the case again we also have to balance off the fact that each each election is different each period faces a different backdrop this one is not unique and um, there are definitely some tailwinds but also headwinds that we are facing so if um, if you want to see all the stats that I've talked to you know I put them in a report it's available on our website for clients uh, talk to your advisor if you want to get a hold of it and look through those numbers yourself sort of going back through all those 10 elections looking at the averages looking at what happened each of those individual times doesn't necessarily predict the future but it is always interesting and useful to consider history and analyze how the past has played out so uh, we'll wrap up there thanks for listening as always and we'll talk again soon for more insights visit craigsip.com